This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's unepisode episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. My name is Chops, and with me as always is... The Uncraig WK. The Uncraig WK. And today we are untalking about <laughs> the Uncola game, Cool Spot. Yeah, so <laughs> this is going to be a mess, folks. So so buckle up. You mean an unmess. <laughs> oh, God. Cool Spot was released on the second Genesis by Virgin Games in uh, 1993, uh, roughly around September. Uh, this platformer stars the mascot of 7-Up, Spot, as he adventures to save his Spot brethren and let potential clients know just how refreshing and crisp and clean the taste of 7-Up is. The Uncola. The Uncola. Now, before we get deep into this, uh-huh. what are his Spot brethren? <laughs> They're just other Are they other spots, spots from yeah. other Seven Ups. I would presume just different bottles of Seven Ups. So what makes him so special? Because he's cool. <laughs> but aren't the other ones the same? They're not as cool as cool, cool spots. Cool spot. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, so weird to me. Like of the era that this came out, this is par for the course. It really is. Virgin is the game company who just like oh give us whatever product you want we'll make a game on it <laughs> Disney, doesn't matter what it up, is whatever we don't care but the idea that the spot the red circle on a 7 up can or bottle mm-hmm. or whatever is the star of this game yep. is ridiculous i yeah it, it is, is yeah, the, you're not wrong. it is the unvideo game <laughs> It is so weird. <laughs> so for those who aren't as familiar or maybe 7-Up isn't in your part of the world, your region of the country, whatever the case may be, 7-Up is a lemon-lime, uncaffeinated soda. Yep. Uh, Net, soda pop uh, from, no artificial flavoring. Mm-hmm. No artificial flavoring, no artificial colors. Yes. And uh, their their big push is that, like, you know, the, the fact that it's a, you know, a cool, crisp, clean tasting soft drink that isn't cola yes you know and so it became the uncola you know yes. in, in in the 90s yeah and so like in the, or the actually uh, the 70s I'm uh yeah yeah i was gonna say in the 70s uh and so like the uh, a lot of their ads uh back then uh not only that had the the cool spot but i think even like other even before then uh ads before then would 
aside from talking about it, occasionally there would even be like gags where like uh, the it would be like a, a glass of cola and it would be like squeegeed or something like cleaned or something and it would become clear and it was, you know, oh, it's the uncola. And one of the most prominent figures in promoting 7-Up in the 70s. Before, oh, so this is before Cool before Spot. Before Cool Spot came out was Jeffrey Holder. Now, oh, Craig, now that name is very familiar. Do, do you know what Jeffrey Holder has done besides being the voice of the Uncola? I I love his his voice, his his mannerisms, yes. his charisma. He's from Trinidad, by the way, as well. He's oh, that's the accent. American. That's the accent he yes. has. Uh, I love his voice. So good. I. Uh, you know, I uh, honestly, uh, it, quick side note for everybody, Chops played me <laughs> one of these commercials, and uh, I was looking at him, and I was like, I know that dude. I know that dude. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's Baron 70 from uh, Live, uh, and Let Die. Live and Let Die. And, uh, and I, so I asked, like, he, the commercial finished, and Chops is like smiling at me. I was like, is that Baron 70? <laughs> he was it like, definitely yep. is. He has, honestly, like, you know, if you told me, like, oh, hey, Craig, like, you know, we're going to get Baron Semity to do this, like, ad campaign, I'd have been like, what do you, what? Like, why? Why would you even think about something like that? But he has so much charisma. He does. His voice is so bassy. Oh, and yeah. that accent, you know, it just adds a little bit of flair to his talking to where you just get pulled in. It doesn't matter what he's, he's talking about a soda, yeah, and he, you are just, like, mesmerized by what he's saying. Yeah, and it's and it's so goofy, because, like, all, all he's, like, he's talking about how, like, uh, uh, what is it? It's, like, an uncola nut. Is like, yeah, and it's like un- le- he's holding like a lemon <laughs> and a lime, and comparing it to a cola nut. Yeah, and he's saying it's an uncola nut, and like, and, and it's so goofy, but he has so much just presence to him that like, yeah, you're just enthralled watching. And him. he's he's a good looking guy, attractive. He's guy. got a great smile, great laugh, uh-huh. tall guy. Just everything about him just well, draws your attention. Incredibly well dressed in the commercials oh, too. He's, he's wearing like, like a white suits. suit. Yeah. yeah, white suit, the white uh, uh, rimmed hat. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, totally a class act. And he's a he's a very well known actor. He was an Annie, which is a huge musical. Mm-hmm. He played Punjab in that with um, the actor who was in another uh, James Bond movie. Um, wow, I'm blanking on his name. Albert Finney. That was it. Albert Finney uh, in Skyfall. Yeah, he played. He's in Skyfall. He played Daddy Warbucks and Annie. So like he's in pop. He was in a lot of popular things around this time. So like getting this guy to be your spokesperson for your drink. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I, I will say that is like a, uh, like nowadays we look back and we think like, oh, why why was he you know so big? But yeah, he was in a bunch of popular movies. He was a, a James Bond side villain. Yeah, you know Baron Semity. He was, uh, uh, and I mean, let's face it, James Bond. I mean, yeah, the the Roger Moore films of that era were a little on the campy side, a little bit, yeah, a little on the campy side. But uh, I mean, all in all, uh, I mean that's a, a solid. Uh, Actor they got into to do uh, uh, pop commercials. I mean, let's face it, it's not very often you have really well known people doing soda commercials. You know, I mean, these days you do. Like we had, uh, who was it that did all the Pepsi commercials? There was a famous singer. Oh, that's um, true. I guess, like yeah, I guess they or do. Something. Like, like a lot of pop culture people's artists have been doing a lot. I guess of, that's true. Uh, a lot of yeah. things. I think, like, wasn't there like uh, Kylie Jenner did that really controversial Pepsi commercial <laughs> so with dumb. like the, with like the line and the yeah. Like, We're gonna stuff. end all violence but, on humankind. Drink a Pepsi. Yes. So that was like, real stupid. Like you know, it's but it's different for him because he's a Trinidadian actor. Mm-hmm. 
or American, uh, American actor. And he's just got this voice that just emanates with you. Yeah, he and really he, does. It, it, it's, it's akin to me as like James Earl Jones deep ask voice and it just makes everything sound so much better but it, yeah it, he he sounds great and so that was who they had promoting pre- yeah, yeah promoting seven up. seven up previous to cool spot <laughs> yes <laughs> this is the whole reason why we wanted to bring him up was the fact that cool spot cannot live up to, <laughs> to jeffrey holder I and mean, they should have just put jeffrey holder in this game oh that'd be sweet <laughs> the uncola him just walking around oh, saving cool spots oh that'd be so good or him saving other, like Jeffrey Holder, other Jeffrey Holder. It's like the multi- Jeffrey Holder multiverse, the unverse, the unverse, which would just be universe, basically without an eye. Shut up! It's not the same. It's more refreshing this way. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you like, man. You ever been to the unverse? It's such a refreshing place. <laughs> so crisp and clean. So crisp and clean. No artificial flavor. So, uh, before we even get into the gameplay, because we're, oh we're, we're talking the gameplay about... gameplay is so simple. So it, it really it's is. It's going to take long. No, it won't. But anyways. Uh, so, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of 7-Up. Yeah. So, I wish I had one right now. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same Foley work right now. Anyways, keep going. Uh, so... The uh, it's a lemon lime non caffeinated soft drink. Of course, uh, it was first launched uh, on June nineteenth of nineteen twenty nine, created by Charles Leeper Grigg, uh, who launched the Howdy Corporation in nineteen twenty, which uh, you know was uh, you know not not too long after. Uh, in fact, this drink came out, the Great Depression hit. Oh, huh. but that company stand? Uh, I'm well. They eventually sold okay. the, their product to other companies. Uh, so the uh, when it was first released, though it did not, it was not called Seven Up. It was called the Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. Yeah, they all had like a little bit more chemically named beverages well, back then. It contained lithium citrate, yes, which was a mood stabilizing drug. Yeah. Uh, can yeah, you want to cool. you want to take a shot in the dark when they finally removed that uh, 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 the chemical? Yeah, the mood stabilizing drug. Uh, I'm gonna say the 50s. 1948, pretty oh, close. Okay, pretty close. Yeah, I mean, because it's about the same time I think that they get rid of cocaine and coke, right? <laughs> Probably. Uh, so Spot himself, though, I uh, was active from 1987 to 1997. So 10 years for an ad campaign is pretty good, uh, I think. And we can't say that it came out of a drug and dose fever dream because it was well after that. So <laughs> it was. This is their own natural mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> natural mistake. <laughs> Seven Up does not make mistakes. <laughs> Sorry, it, is, it makes unmistakes. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So I, uh, I, uh, he's an animated red dot from the logo. They slap sunglasses on him, and he, and once again, we have another prominent name voicing their I, uh, I. Uh, and campaigns. Frank Welker was the voice of the Cool Spot. He made all those squeaky oh, sounds. I miss Frank Welker. He's he's alive. I know, but I miss his voice and things. Like it was so good. It's so, such a good voice. Like I, I mean, I'm sure you're gonna run down the list of things that he's voiced. Please. We have I we don't have enough hours in the day, man. He, Give me your favorite. Megatron. Okay, that's uh, that's mine too. I can't, I'm not Megatron. going anywhere else. Megatron. <laughs> Yeah, Megatron. That's uh, he's the voice of Megatron from Transformers. That's so good. If only they could have uh, did a did a do a crossover campaign where it was Transformers on Seven Up bottles, and then they would have just murdered Cool Spot and taken over. I mean, great. 
he's too cool to murder. Come on, it'd be cool spot as Frank Walker versus Megatron with fake Frank Walker. It's the best Frank Walker head-to-head battle ever. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or it's not. It's true. I said it. It's supposed to be true. <laughs> so I... Uh, uh, the the ads involved, uh, you know, these these little spots, you know, running around. They would do get up into like mischief, yada yada. Or it was even like the, like there's a commercial where like you know, a a, a glass of uh, cola gets like put up almost like on the uh, you know like uh, uh, at like garages and stuff. The cars will be lifted up, yeah, uh, you know, so they can work underneath them. So they get like they lift it up and like they it's almost like it's an oil change. And when they do so, all the uh, brown in the cola. Leaks out and it's replaced, of course, with stuff, oh, okay, you know, goofy okay. stuff like that. But I will say, uh, some of their uh, commercials are are pretty, you know, pretty charming with the the cool spot. I uh, I particularly remember a Christmas ad uh, where Santa drops a uh, toy truck because uh, the family left him seven up, and uh, the cool spots realize it's for some other kid, and they drive this toy fire truck like through a like Christmas like you know like a house like, like a village yeah uh, like a Christmas house or, or a oh, house okay. at, during Christmas time and go down like a ladder and like you know smash or not smash through but like go through an open window not sure why they had it open in winter window that was stupid window, yeah. that's a, that's just a waste of, of yeah. heating that's just dumb what is, what is, what, is, what is the father made of money in that house. <laughs> Don't touch the thermostat. <laughs> uh, and so going. anyway, yeah, they they crash the fire truck and just in the nick of time where the kid comes in and like, you know, he gets you know it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so it was a pretty charming uh, uh, series of commercials. And I uh, they also uh, kind of weirdly enough. And I this is a rabbit hole. I did not dive too down uh, deep down into. But Europe uh, has a different ad, uh, different. Uh, mascot for Seven Up. Oh, I didn't know to that. these days. Uh, in fact, I think it was also created in '87. Fido Dido. It's like this, like he, he's just this like dude, like animated dude. He almost uh, reminds me of like a uh, a black and white like animated like version of Doug. Almost very simple, Weird. just some kid and like yeah. It, it that's the ad uh, or the mascot for Seven Up over in like I maybe not all countries in Europe, but at least some. Uh, but that was a, a, a just a, a hole I could not like. I was just like I don't have the time to. Like go deep diving into all yeah, that because this is the regional difference between this game and in the Europe one was that in order to not confuse people with the fact that Seven Up had Cool Spot in America and they had Fido Dido over there, uh-huh. they just replaced the intro and put a generic soda bottle of similar color in it <laughs> uh, and removed um, associating Seven Up to Spot. That's so weird. Yeah. So it's not a a uh, product placement. It's video game. A, it, it, it's a yeah. It's a soda mascot game. <laughs> at that point, <laughs> so weird. I know. Uh, so so we've talked a lot about a uh, cool spot and all their ads and stuff. And I have one last thing to oh? mention about cool spot. Uh-huh. So he reminds me of the California raisins. Oh yeah, he, he does he, for me too. He's a <laughs> shaped character. Mm-hmm. With arms and legs, with white hands and white or uh, black boots, which is like the California raisins. It's just a raisin with arms and legs. Also, a, uh, I, I mean, the California raisins were a huge ad campaign yep, in California. Mm-hmm. But the reason why is that so as a kid, we had some California raisin toys. Mm-hmm. And there was like the those typical rubber toys where it's like the body's hard rubber, but the arms move and the legs move and you can pose them and stuff. I didn't own those, but my cousin did. And I remember those toys very distinctly. So and I at one point got a cool spot toy like that. It was a circular really? cool spot 
with the arms and legs out of it. Really? And it just like it wrapped around things, and that's all you know. That's that's all it was. But like I associated the two so together, and then like you know, I loved watching the shorts for California Raisins all the time, mm-hmm. and so like I just equated like him as the same status as them as a kid. So I always thought Cool Spot was really cool. I love Seven <laughs> Up, but now as an adult, I'm just like this thing is dumb. <laughs> This character is dumb. But you know what? You it, It's not dumb if it works. It's an ad, that's the thing. Is, yeah, it's it, an ad campaign exactly. that worked very well for them because it is so recognizable. It is. It's recognizable. Well, and, to, to our generation, you couldn't ask a kid these days. Well, no, I mean, be. but here's but that's the thing is like to this day, anyone who lived through the like late 80s into the early 90s yeah. is going to know Cool Spot True. and they're going to associate it with 7-Up and like, you know, any and, and like, you know, even for you as a kid, you associated that with coolness yeah. and yeah, like I did. crispness <laughs> and cleanness, like the flavor of 7-Up soda. The uncola, indeed, it is. Uh, <laughs> yep. I love his voice. I guess we gotta talk about this game eventually, don't we? Or if we just go, we we leave this episode on, and we go and get Seven Up, and then come back and then just open it up and drink it and talk about Seven Up. I, in hindsight, I should have absolutely brought. We should have, like, just I so I could like, like pulled out a can, like, oh, Seven Up, and it's just like ice cold. Uh, we got a fridge over there. That doesn't no have seven, seven up. Well, Let's man. just tell the glitch when he gets here. On his way to pick us up some nice. <laughs> hey, cool. uh, glitch! Can you? Oh, can you pick us up a pack of the Uncola? <laughs> Did not even <laughs> say Seven Up. That crisp, refreshing Uncola. He doesn't. He doesn't respond, but still walks in with Seven Up. Uh, th- then we know he's our best friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, all right, all right. All let's, right. Get, let's get into this. Game. We'll eventually talk more about uh, the the advertising of of Seven Up. I'm sure it'll come yeah. up again. But let's chat about the the gameplay. So uh, it's it's a platformer, and it's pretty standard. It's a it's it's a it's a solid platformer. It is the as far as mechanics pretty, pretty go, tight. the mm-hmm. level design. I mean, of the generation in, in the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, these are pretty much your your platformers you're getting. Yeah, it's so, just different typed of themes honestly for especially oh, sure, from virgin sure. like i'm sure they just developed a generic um platforming engine and just slap different things oh on i top wouldn't of be it. surprised yeah because i wouldn't they be made surprised so many they made quite a few uh and usually it was for uh, uh licensed things. licensed things yeah uh almost always licensed things i think I, I don't even know if i could think of a virgin game that's not licensed mm, not off the top of my head i'd have to do some research on that i'm uh, sure our listeners are being like oh you're dumb <laughs> use this one but honestly no it might not be any others yeah. uh so there's a few uh, uh kind of quirks and interesting things about cool spot though uh so instead of jumping on enemies you launch like soda bubbles yeah you shoot soda bubbles. like uh-huh. he puts like his finger out. like the Woo. finger gun thing yeah. and, like you know launches uh soda bubbles goop goop <laughs> What was that noise again? Pacoo, pacoo. Oh, okay, all right. It's not that noise, but whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I, uh, another little uh, interesting quirk is, uh, uh, as Spot's health fades, he like folds in on himself and like becomes weaker and like for his like character he's portrait. Deflated, in the, yeah, yeah, in the top corner. Doesn't uh, have enough carbonation. <laughs> he needs that carbonation. So, one of the biggest things to me that, uh, like, you know, yeah, we can brush this off as a, a very standard platformer, but there is a certain theme to the game that I think really deserves a lot of merit. Spot himself is very small. And so the world he's in is very large. And so like, you know, in the first episode, you're at the beach. And so your enemies are like, crab like hermit crabs and like uh, clams and stuff like, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, you 
you bounce around and everything is so much bigger in the background you see like you know like chairs and stuff like yeah. beach chairs that are huge and like you know you uh, 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 wander around these sandy hills and like yeah there's there's more tri- tri- or more cliche I should say platformer stuff where like you know you uh, uh, you know can grab onto like little tiny balloons and stuff but another part of it is just bubbles floating around in the air they do a very good job of making the game I uh, Almost reminiscent of like the the Mario Three World, uh, like Giant Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you know Mario is very small and everything's very big. They do a very good job of that for the whole game. Yeah, you know, because there's uh, uh, quite a number of uh, stages. Uh, you go and, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, they they, I feel like they did something very unique with the way they laid out their stages. Because you have a beach, yeah. Then you go to the docks. You then go through like the inside of like the framework of a wall, you know, yep. as if you're going inside a building. Uh, you then are in like a toy store. Uh, you go through like a chemistry set, I think it is. Uh, you uh, ride on like a toy train. And what's weird to me is you then at that point, uh, go back. You then go back into the toy store area. You then go back into like the wall. You go back to like the the docks and the beach and stuff. And the game like is it recycles levels, but they do it in such a way that like you go through to a point, you save your last friend, and then you go back save the last remaining friends you missed essentially, yeah. like you know plot wise if you want to you know refer to it that way loosely. Yeah, and so the last level of the game is the, the beach. beach, the very first level, and I can't think of many games that do something like that. Um, it would almost be like in Mario World when you go through all those levels. You gotta go all the way back, and then you have to there's, go all f- the way back. I feel like there's a game out there that's done that. Oh, I'm but, sure there must be, but, but I can't. I, think I, of I can't any. think of it right now. I, I mean, I feel like I've played something like that. Yeah, but I, I can't. Not coming to mind. But it's uh, and and it it's a lot of vertical and horizontal movement. Mm-hmm. It's it's not your straight left to right. Yeah, and so and another thing I wanted to uh, make mention of is uh, uh, so you know uh, for talking about this game we've we've chosen to talk about the second Genesis version. Yeah, and the Super Nintendo version is fine. I, I played it on that myself as a kid. But one of the advantages the Sega Genesis version has is it has a little bit more screen real estate. Right. And so you can see a little bit more about what's going on around you and stuff. So I feel like the Sega Genesis version might be the better version because of that. And that was a huge mix between those platformer games is which one was playing better on the Sega or the Super Nintendo. Oh, sure. Typically, most of them were Super Nintendo because of the soundtrack and and the the, uh, graphics that you could really get out Mm -hmm. of it. A lot of companies back then, when they were pumping games out and were just doing one for each system, they didn't put as much effort into the soundtrack for the Sega Genesis yeah. version because the Sega Genesis soundboard is a little tough to use. Yep. It's two soundboards like in one, basically. It's the, the uh, what would it be, the uh, the Master Systems soundboard is in there as well as the uh, Genesis. And so a lot of companies just sort of ignored the first soundboard but you get a lot of benefit when you're using both, and I think Cool Spot used both because the soundtrack's pretty good. It is pretty good, um, and we'll get into that yeah, in a little bit. Absolutely. But as far as the rest of the gameplay goes, you collect. <laughs> it's weird. You collect sp- spots. If you get enough, um, you get to enter a bonus stage after mm-hmm. beating the level. Which is you inside a Seven Up bottle. Yep. yep. Which to me is, is yeah, it's product placement. It seems like his like. 
like nightmare. Like he's trapped in a, in a seven up. Would that be a Cause, nightmare? Because he's he's on the outside. He's not on the inside. He's on the outside logo. But seven up is so crisp, clean, and refreshing. It is. No I would say flavors it's, and artificial coloring. So I know, Craig. I know. It's I would argue. Cola. I would argue that it's his un nightmare. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then depending on the version of the game, you can collect letters mm-hmm. that either spell Virgin, the game's developer, oh, yeah, yeah. or un cola. Yes, uh, and you, you know, I think you get like a continue if you if you get them all. Yeah, so like uh, because there's no safe spots. There's there's only just checkpoints. Uh huh. But there's no safe. If feature. you turn the game off, yeah, you have you to have start, start it over. All mm-hmm. over. Uh, it's 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 definitely a more old school platformer when it comes to that regard. Because around this time when the game came out, I mean, you know, we were there's battery backup in yeah, games. And well, stuff, I mean, you know? what is it? What years is? Oh, ninety three. Ninety three, I think. Yeah. Let me just double check. Pretty sure that's what I said. Uh, Nineteen ninety-three. Yep. So yeah, we have we have. Uh, is the Game Boy out? Oh sure, absolutely. Safe saves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they absolutely. I Super Nintendo, Nintendo. I mean, like yeah. you know, it, it was it was it, there. It was existed. But it would have costed the oh, game more so money. Much money for this product placement. I, I wonder how long this development took. I would I, lo- I would love to to get like. Uh, a, a list of Virgin games and when they received the request to put these games out and when they came out and see how long it took them to make them. Yeah, that would be interesting because I, I think you're right. I think they probably had an engine for platformer games yeah, and then they, they just things tweaked things out. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they would have to like, because I mean, Disney's not going to come to you and be like, hey, we're going to have this movie Aladdin come out in like a few years. We need you to work on a game for it. They're not going to do that. No. They're going to be like, oh, hey, Aladdin, this game that's coming out, or this movie that's coming out in uh, September or whatever it came out. Yeah, we need you to make a game for it, and it's, uh, it's July. <laughs> like, yeah, probably. you got two months to make it or three months to make it. Oh, yeah. They, it was it was definitely crunch time for yeah. a lot of the uh, things like that, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, it would definitely be interesting uh, to to see how Virgin, you know, like how quick they were churning out these right. games. It's still crazy to me to think that Virgin went to a phone company. I mean, like and a, and a, and a, and a what airplane company? Airline, or, or airline? I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, the guy who owns Virgin is like, I mean, he's got his hands in everything, oh, yeah. I think. Because like, he's like a Warren Buffett kind of guy. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, in fact, I think uh, it wasn't like Virgin uh, started making video games. I think it's just that they also were making video yeah, games yeah. on top of whatever else this guy was doing. Right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, I mean, the the game itself is is definitely pretty simple, uh, but there is so much product placement, like Ugh. the fact that like the free lives are Seven Up bottles. Yep. Uh, you collect those red dots, uh, you know, for the the logo of Seven Up. Uh, you you know, you get thirsty while you play it, and you just crave a Seven Up. But chops, I I just I've been drinking so much cola lately, and it's so. But Craig. Have you had any of the Uncola nuts? Uncola nuts? Yes, they sell them in grocery stores in your produce aisle, which is weird. Uh, they look That looks suspiciously like a lemon and a lime. It's true. They may look like a lemon and lime, but they're Uncola nuts. All you got to do is crack them open and pour them into uh, uh, soda water, and that's it. Or, or, if you don't want to do all that work, just buy a 7-Up and they make it already for you. Crisp, clean, refreshing. 7-Up. <laughs> this is the Uncola. Uh, by the way, 7-Up uh, hears this. Um, <laughs> we will gladly promote this episode in your honor for uh, just a, a measly exchange of uh, 
Set up for life for, for both of us, but we will promote this episode in your honor. I don't even know who owns Seven Up now. Oh, uh, Seven is Up it is Coca Cola or is it PepsiCo? Uh, it is owned by I think two companies because I think internationally it's owned by a different company. If I'm How not, how does mistaken. that work? Oh, it's weird. Like, like pop companies in general are weird in how like who owns what. Well, because like Mars, like for candy, like Mars owns almost everything when it comes to candy, um, and it and it's. And it's uh, I advertise differently overseas in Mars candy uh, differently than it is over here, which is more like Hershey's kind of I think uh, is under that umbrella too. Uh, but I don't know. What do you what do you go? What do you go so Seven Up yeah. in the U.S. is owned by uh, uh, Keurig, uh, Keurig Dr Pepper. Oh, okay, all right, yep. I know Dr Pepper is separate from everybody. And internationally, everywhere else but in America, Seven Up is owned by PepsiCo. Weird. Yep. So maybe then. Curry Dr. Pepper is a subsidiary of Pepsi, and they can sell as Pepsi over there, but they can't over here. Uh, it does not seem to be a subsidiary of, of PepsiCo, uh, at the very least, as I, I take a quick look. As this becomes now the... Uh, oh, 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 watch out there. Uh, as this now becomes the soda... Retro Legend of Soda. <laughs> Legend of Soda. Uh, even though it, for us it's pop, it's it is even, for pop. It's not yeah. even pop, uh, soda. It, it's not in our area. No, we call it pop. Although uh, if you're down uh, south, it's I believe Coke. it's Coke. Yeah. yeah, whether it's actually Coca Cola or yeah, not. I still don't know how that. How you know what to order? Like that just seems rude. Pepsi Coke. I'll take a Coke. Oh well, uh, I didn't. This isn't the Coke I wanted. I wanted a clear Coke. I want a Seven Up Coke. Yeah, that's. Is that how they order it? I don't I, I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, I, I always just refer to it as pop everywhere I go or, or soda name. pop. Yeah. Or, yeah, the name, yeah, right. of course. Uh, oh, I just want to drink some soda. Let's get, let's get through this. What else do we have? We, uh, we want to talk about the music? I'm so thirsty. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, I tell you what, Chops, let's go ahead and uh, uh, take a brief uh, pause, hear a word from uh, one of our sponsors here, and we're going to go ahead and listen to music after that. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. And it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle. And it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, Chops. So, for the music for Cool Spot, I actually have uh, 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 some pretty uh, interesting news here for you. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, the music was done by Tommy Tellerico, uh, who That name sounds familiar. He's done the music for uh, quite a few games, uh, including Earthworm Jim yep. 1 and 2. He got his start doing the music on Prince of Persia for the Game Boy version. Yep. Uh, and he also has a bit of a, a, a dark stain on his uh, career, as I found out that he was the guy who did the music for Color a Dinosaur for Nintendo. I, I don't know. I don't know that one. It is hailed as probably about the worst Nintendo game ever made. So... There's something else about Tommy Tellerico. Oh, yeah? He, uh, this is it, yes. He was the con- creator of the concept of Video Games Live, a multi-award winning symphony orchestra that played video game music across the world. He also co-hosted the television show Electric Playground. Oh. Do you remember the show Electric Playground? Was that on, uh, uh, was it G4? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it was G4. Um, basically, it was a daily news and television show that covered video games, movies, TV shows, comic books, and collectibles and gadgets. Um, and mm-hmm. he did a whole bunch of stuff. I can't be- I can't remember. There was also like a show that he did. I feel like that was like a gaming competition as well. Oh. Uh, I gotta look this up, but keep going. Yeah, so uh, 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 Tommy Tallarico though has is is really he's probably one of the bigger Western music uh, composers for video games. Yes, I. You know because the the you know as we're we're finding throughout the Legend of Retro, so many of these games especially back then, were coming straight from Japan and just getting translated over. So a lot of the composers were, of course, Japanese as well. Uh, but, uh, I mean, there are definitely plenty of, of great uh, musicians working in the West as well, even if, you know, the Western video game market didn't, you know, start surging back until a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, uh, Chomps and I have chosen a few different songs that we uh, uh, want to play here for you. Did you find any, uh, find out anything else no, on uh, Tommy Tallarico? No, but it did say that his, uh, his section of Electric Playground reviews on the Rones run spun off and was broadcast on G4 TV as Judgment Day. Oh, so, that's what so I'm thinking of. So he did do stuff on there. He he also like uh helped coordinate like a, a Capcom orchestra tour with oh. uh, with a with a uh a conductor or or a director of music for with Capcom. He just has done a lot of video game music related things. So that's he's awesome. also just been prominent out there in video yeah. game news. No, absolutely. I uh uh Definitely uh, gets a lot of respect from me for uh, doing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, let's go ahead and listen to the intro of music, which is essentially the theme to Wipeout. Yeah. Uh, Let's go ahead and uh, give this a listen. Wipeout. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a song that uh, <laughs> literally beats your eardrums in your head. <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, so uh, uh, on a previous episode of Legend of Retro, uh, we we rather enjoyed uh, uh, the retro relapse of Cool Spot. Yeah. And uh, as far as that goes, uh, we were definitely a big fan of this song from the very first level. <laughs> this is the beach theme. <laughs> Thank you. 
love that steel drum. <laughs> I would say the my two least favorite. I mean, I'm going to call them sound effects because a lot of times it's just like clips of things in these songs. It is the steel drum noise, which is just ear shattering and has no place as that loud in that song. And the whistle. The whistle is used quite a bit in this game soundtrack. It really is. And to me, it almost feels like someone took a group of elementary school children, mm-hmm. gave them things that make noises, uh-huh. and was like, all right, today we're going to record uh, Jimmy on the recorder, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Grace on the marimbas, oh, and Sharon blowing a whistle. It's <laughs> just, just obnoxious, just obnoxious. But it's 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 what makes it's the charm of this game. It really is. I uh, I tell you what, there's a few more songs that uh, Chops and I wanted to uh, play for you just because because they're ridiculous. I love <laughs> it's it. So great. Uh, so this next uh, uh, song is called uh, Rave Dance Tune, uh, and I believe this is the bonus level music. Uh, if I'm potentially, not I think I can't remember. Yeah, I think it could be. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and give this a listen. Like, if you played this song and you were like, Craig, is this from Cool Spot or is this from Streets of Rage 3? I'd be like, oh, it's, it's techno dance music. Yeah, it's Streets of Rage 3. It's totally not. It's totally not. It's <laughs> it's just, totally this song not. has no just... place in this game. <laughs> it is so good. This whole time I was thinking of, man, that's like a great intro song to like anything. Like, like if, I would, if I was a streamer, that would be like my my screen would be before I would get on 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 there for the stream, and it, that would be the music that would play leading up to me playing. <laughs> like it, it, this, like if I was giving a speech at a conference, I would want this song to be playing to hype people up. Like it's it's good. It's, it's real good. It's solid, absolutely. Now, uh, Chops, you chose a few really really weird songs here. The yes. first up uh, we have of your choices uh, is the Western tune. So this one I need help on. It is a mix of like some classic Western songs. Uh-huh. I think classical pieces that I can't remember. Okay, well, so let's give it a listen. so if you can figure it out or listeners, let me know after you hear this. Absolutely, let's uh, give this a listen.
I don't know what they are from exactly, but I know they're from something. Yeah, I, I, it's even like the beep, 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 like like that stuff's weird. I know, and it's goofy, but every piece of like that, those themes, those medleys, are I, I, are influenced by something, and I can't figure it out. That is gonna absolutely bother me. Yeah. I, I shout, yeah, shout out to everyone who's listening. Reach out to us and uh, uh, totally let us know what those are referencing to or in reference to. Yeah. Because I know they're an homage to something. Yes. I can't place it, but they are like old Western shows or like something. Like I can picture like scenes in my head of like people riding on horses <laughs> yeah. like to something similar to that, but I just oh, can't man. figure it out. Now, uh, our our final uh, <laughs> song here is the uh, parade, parade tune. tune. <laughs> Which is I don't know if it's as ridic- uh, ridiculous as like the the dance rave uh, mix that we played uh, from before, but no, they, maybe this is a little more ridiculous. I mean, neck and neck. Yeah, it's it's just listen to it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. of pure insanity so what other prominent sega game does that song remind you of oh uh it almost reminds me of like sonic 3 the casino uh oh the the carnival night sound well that and it reminds me of the casino casino uh, night from casino uh, night from two it's it's just there's the enough sound effects in there that just remind me of those. Uh-huh. Uh So I think that's probably why I like it so much, but also it's just ridiculous. It's so goofy. I love it. I uh, yeah. The so Cool Spot is absolutely a a game that's worth checking out, and not just because it's based upon 
the advertising of the Uncola. Yeah, the crisp, refreshing, uh, no artificial flavoring, no artificial, or no artificial coloring, caffeine-free Uncola 7-Up. Again, reach, us out, reach out to us. We will promote this episode for you, 7-Up. We'll take... A little uncola on the side. Nobody will know. <laughs> a little uncola on the unside. On the unside. <laughs> on under the table. <laughs> this episode's so, a unmess. <laughs> I just want to say that that you know when you're looking for something a little bit new and you know cool you know you, you know cool we got to talk about cool spot here chaps so when you're looking for something a little different uh, a little new a little unique something that's that's you know special in its own way go to your grocery store <laughs> buy a bottle of 7 up and enjoy the crisp clean flavor of the uncola uh, any final thoughts from you, Chops? Because that's uh, all I've got. I love lemon lime soda. <laughs> cool spot. You're all right, too. <laughs> you're not Baron Samity, but you know what? I'll take you. You know what? You can't. You can't. It's hard to live up to that when you're a circular figure on the bottle of a of a, of the best. Uh, the best. The best cool. I'm uh, sorry. I have to take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So, I uh, a lot of our Retro Relapse games tend to be more obscure, older games. Uh, but since we've had the glitch helping tend us out. Tend to be. <laughs> That's what the whole show's about, Craig. Well, hear me out. I'm talking like Nintendo and Game Boy and Super Nintendo and like, you know, Sega Genesis. Ugh, you're such an elitist. But, but the glitch prepared for us a PlayStation 2 game, uh, Minority Report Everybody Runs, uh, which was released on the PlayStation 2 as well as GameCube and Xbox. Uh, and uh, all I can think of is with this subtitle, Everybody Runs, I'm just the immediately the REM song uh, popped into my head. Everybody hurts. Just, I just think of like Minority Report, everybody runs sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I, I might have enjoyed this a little bit better if REM did the soundtrack to oh, it. Oh, that would be great. I, it would I be have weird. the right song, right? The right band? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty okay, sure that's okay, REM. I cannot remember these things. I know. I'm pretty sure you're oh, right. Uh, or we're both wrong. Or I'm an idiot. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an unsmart person. <laughs> That could very well be the case. Uh, so, uh, if you're unfamiliar, the Minority Report uh, series of movies is uh, 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 a movie series that is a uh, movie series, right? Because they have more than no, one, No, I right? think it's only one. It's a book series. Oh, I think maybe that's what I'm at, thinking of. I think there was a book written, uh, book or a book series written about it. Uh, it's starring Tom Cruise. It's an action sci-fi movie, and it takes place in a future where the government has these, these people called precogs that are able to see crimes before they happen and they are able to catch criminals prior to them committing the crimes that they're going to commit and they put them on trial. Okay, yeah, and that's the that's right. I, I was mixing this up in my head with another, uh, an actual series of movies. You're right, this one is the uh, uh, just a standalone film. And uh, I mean, honestly, the, the, the ideas of the movie sound really interesting the and stuff. The movie was actually pretty entertaining. It's If you mm -hmm. think a little bit too much into the plot, there is some stuff that falls through, <laughs> not going to lie. But 
the I, I really enjoyed the movie when I saw it, and I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't remember all the details to it. But yeah, you primarily are this uh, you this police officer, and basically they have cops that go out and arrest people prior sure. to them committing crimes. Yeah, and so the game kind of follows along that same same story, and I uh, I uh, you know basically you're going through this game, and you're you know trying to stop people from from you know. Uh, being or you're trying to stop crime by catching the person who's going to commit that crime and we didn't play a ton of it but i'm sure that eventually you get into trouble and you're the one they're hunting down and there's you know going to be some you know uh that kind of dynamic uh but yeah as far as that goes uh i mean the it wasn't like the gameplay was bad i just 3d shooter like you know it's a third person with like missions and stuff so missions so similar to like the side missions in like something like goldeneye for the n64 you know it's not just go here shoot everybody all right you win it's sort of like hey you know get into this building there's some puzzles you have to solve yeah you know it just wasn't it didn't really catch me it it was very it was not very well explained mm -mm. how to play the game or the goal when you're in there no things weren't obvious on where to go uh it was very confused on the things you were fighting and the abilities you had like it almost seemed like you were like a superhero it also was weird like the and, and you know i mean they they have to work off certain source materials and i and i get that but like the game was just so gray yeah it was it was very boring yeah I, I honestly uh, I I I don't really I didn't really put a whole lot of stock in this game I didn't really think much of it I didn't have a lot of fun playing it uh, I feel like I, this is going to get just a very middle of the road four out of eight for me I, I'll give it a four out of eight as well I I would recommend the movie over this game mm-hmm. if there's any reason why you would be drawn to this game it's probably because of the movie so oh, yeah the, that is the better half of this of this sandwich of a game I will yeah say. if if you uh, are into uh, minority report anyway i mean definitely give this game a check because you know for for me i never really saw the movie or anything so like you know it, it d- didn't really do a whole lot for right. me so you know definitely uh, uh give that a look uh i'm gonna tell you what chops let's go ahead and uh dive into our uh, uh bracket competition our character themes battles uh let's go ahead and uh change things on over to xander and uh hear what he's gonna say Hey everybody, Xander here with the next matchup in our character theme bracket. Today is one composer, two songs, as we go with two different songs from the Final Fantasy franchise. Today's matchup is between Jesters of the Moon from Final Fantasy IX, which is the theme of characters Zorn and Thorn, composed of course by Nobu Uematsu.
against that is the theme of Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII, again composed by Nobu Uematsu. That's all I have for you for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll jump back in with Craig and Jobs. Awesome. Much obliged, Xander. Thanks, Xander. <laughs> These are going to be uh, some some great matchups. And uh, as far as that goes, uh, make sure to go ahead and uh, jump on Facebook. You can go ahead and vote there, as well as on our Twitter page. You can go to our uh, Discord. We have a vote there every week. And you get a bonus vote if you're also a member of our Patreon page. For just $1 a month, you can get access to a bonus vote and also early access to our Retro Relapse videos. And for $5 a month, you get access to a bonus episode every month from our Game Shark show, uh, where uh, the Legend of Retro crew talks about a different uh, topics, different things. You know, go ahead and uh, make sure to check that out if you're interested. And we certainly appreciate any support that you give us. And our most recent Patreon episode was, I think, the the, the, the draft for oh, this yeah. bracket, right? Uh-huh. I, it should be. Uh, if, if we're timing this all out right. Right, yeah. Uh, it should be the draft. Mm-hmm. It should be the, uh, the, the draft. So uh, if you're interested in what we all picked yeah. uh, and you want to sort of spoil and that how, surprise and how it was done uh-huh. you know like previously to this we each came up with our own separate lists mm-hmm. but this time it's a little bit more sports themed mm-hmm. I guess you could say a little bit more involved this time uh, so you know absolutely uh, uh, consider checking that out and uh, Chops uh, it's been wonderful reminiscing on the uh, uh, the ads of 7up the, the legacy game, <laughs> the legacy that is 7up uh, I I will say it might just be my favorite lemon lime on cola. I have to say that when I get home from a hard day of work and I take my shoes off and put them up on the on the couch, I like to crack open a crisp, ice cold Seven Up lemon lime soda, just to you know help me relax and think about being on a beach and the breeze and the and the water, and it's great. My favorite, favorite flavor of soda pop is Uncola Nut. Yeah, Uncola Nut. 
I wish I could plant an Uncola nut tree in my backyard and uh, we just don't have the weather Uncola. for it. We don't. We don't have the temperate uh, weather for it. We we need the Caribbean. I will say, uh, and as we're spitballing these wonderful co- commercial ideas, uh, you know, I truly believe that if Seven Up, uh, the Uncola, was distributed worldwide, that it would probably end uh, childhood obesity and and hunger throughout the world and bring peace to all. I couldn't have said it better myself, Chops. Well, Chops and I are going to go out and get some uh, refreshing 7-Up. So we're going to go ahead and end here today. We appreciate you listening along, and we'll catch you all next time when when the the legend continues. continues.